There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I'm in Italy again um, for the final block of racing of the year, the final commentaries that I'll be doing. Um, I've arrived uh, yesterday, flew into Milan um, for... Today's race, Gran Piemonte, and I suppose more importantly, on Saturday, the final monument of the season, Il Lombardia, which finishes in Bergamo, um, and um, and I've just I've just it's quite early in the morning actually, staying in a hotel just north of Turin for Gran Piemonte, uh, which doesn't start until the early afternoon today. I stayed in a, at the same hotel as Coffee Dish actually yesterday, and um, uh, spoke to. Harrison Wood, who um, very, very observant listeners of this podcast might remember, we spoke to uh, just under a year ago when we sponsored our cyclocross race in Devon. And we just happened to bump into Harrison Wood and he said that he was joining Cofidis. And he spoke to um, me and David about that. And uh, yes, yeah, nice, to, nice to catch up with him coming towards the end of his first year as a pro, uh, which I think he summed up with the words, yeah, I'm quite tired now, which is uh, fair enough. And I also um, met face-to-face and had a chat with, for the first time in my life, someone I've actually communicated with down the years a lot, frequently, because um, I think I first made contact with him because I asked him to contribute to the road book uh, a few years ago, which he did, and he wrote me an absolutely brilliant essay about racing the Giro. Um, Guillaume Matin, who is the team leader of uh, Cofidis at both Grand Piemonte and Lombardia, and yeah, spoke to the little bearded uh, French climber from Normandy and um, every bit as nice as I uh, kind of knew knew him to be actually but it was nice to meet him face to face someone I kind of made contact with during the pandemic Um, and this morning I've uh, climbed in the car and I've just driven through this kind of extremely flat Piedmont countryside just north of Turin uh, through the mist, the morning mist, the sun's going to burn off the the mist and I think it's going to be a lovely day in in the background you can just about see the outline of the Alps Um, and I've made my way to another hotel in uh, Settimo Torinese. And um, I am going to have a word with a rider for whom today's race is the last race he will ever do. Well, um, you may have guessed from my intro, or you may not. Either way, um, I'll tell you uh, that the, the rider in question, for whom today is the last race ever in his career, unless, of course, he changes his mind, and I wouldn't necessarily rule that out because riders do change their minds, don't they, Mark Cavendish? Um, is Charlie Quarterman, um, who messaged me two or three days ago to say uh, that you made a huge decision, Charlie, and um, you're 25, which seems like a bafflingly young age to sort of call time on a career but um t- t- talk us through it yeah and in in cycling it, it feels like a young age but at the same time when i say that i've done uh, done seven years as, as a professional and it's been uh, been 10 or 11 years that i've kind of uh, committed a huge amount of my life to it it feels like it feels like a long time and uh it was a little bit difficult at the start to to accept the decision i'd made but uh the more the more time goes on the, the more i feel comfortable with it i'm actually excited to get on with it can't wait to just move on to other things and <laughs> and i've had enough of these uh these hotels next to the motorway and <laughs> I know, well i just yeah i drove up here and it was just funny when we were just commenting on it it's just such a classic bike race hotel we're standing we're, we're sitting in some very uncomfortable italian outdoor furniture we've got a half empty car park in front of us with the corotech your team team bus and the um jaco alula guys just packing up and getting ready to push off and in the distance the outskirts of turin and a great italy love their roads don't they they build so many unnecessary roads why have like one when you can have four that go in exactly the same direction in different slightly different ways anyway that's neither here nor there we're here to talk about you um and, and your decision how long have you actually been because it feels like only yesterday that we were sitting down before the Giro got underway and you were telling me you were telling me 
you know, I've, I've worked really hard to get this second chance. I'm delighted to get this second chance. I want to see what I can do with it. Mm. And then barely six months down the line, everything's changed again. Yeah, I, it's one of those things. I think it's been in the back of my mind for, for a few years now. And um, I, was, I was obviously really happy to have a second chance. And I've been really happy to to have done this year. But um, I know, I, yeah, it's the, it's the things that, uh, it's the difficult moments that, maybe wear, wear me down is kind of a little bit extreme but it, it's been tiring to, to be on the edge of, of pro cycling just not only with the with the difficulties of, of being a, a professional rider but uh, especially as a domestique so it's not really it's not, I'm not winning races every now and then um, but it's the it's the contract struggles and uh, the fact that in well the kind of the turning point was in August when I end up in hospital with a quite a severe heat stroke um, t- t- tell me about that. What, what happened there? Well, basically, it was, a, it was stage one of Puerto Charente, and we did five hours in in forty degree heat. And uh, basically, I, I really went really really deep to hold into the peloton on the same time because I was a TT in a few days time. Uh, but after stage, I, I nearly fainted twice, and uh, in that evening, I was I was sick about ten times. So I ended up in hospital until three in the morning, and, uh, and I was obviously in a really bad state for for about a week or two afterwards. And it was in the following days that I spoke to my agent, and I realised that I was putting putting myself through this, my body through this, you know, things that could ruin my body for the rest of my life as well, um, just to kind of hang on in cycling. And I was still uh, the the idea of waiting another month, two months, three months for for a contract, despite kind of all these sacrifices, seemed a little bit unreasonable. And now I'm a little further down the line, I realised how important this health side is. And it's kind of once you're in the bubble and, and really focused, you don't realise it. But we're we're doing some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. and it's got to be it's it's important to weigh it up every now and then. Mm-hmm. It is brutal, isn't it? And that, I suppose the kind of bitter reality of it is, to some extent, that you've you've been a pro. You know, you've done incredibly. Well. You've you've been to a place that very few people kind of ever get to, um, and you've ridden for some big teams as well. But as you say. I think the word you used was, you know, almost on the fringes of it, on the margins of kind of a really viable career. So, to be brutally honest, like if you had been a rider on a world tour team now, on a bigger contract and all that sort of thing, I mean, would would you have reached the same conclusion? If if the financial, I suppose, to, to be brutally honest, if the financial rewards have been different, would would you have been tempted to carry on? Do you think? Well, it's it's about the financial side, but also the stability. Um, I think had I been had I been in a world tour team that was renewing my contract and I wasn't having to wait until October or November every year, it'd be a different story for sure. But I mean, I, I think I've also got a lot more going on in my in my normal life than some of the other cyclists I know, and there's definitely a lot of the, the kind of the pool factor as well. Yeah. Um, so it, I wouldn't have been on for for a career until my until 35, 40 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are, there are some things that could have changed it, but at the same time, I'm also so lucky to to have had the career I've had, have done the years in World Tour and, and well, to do the Giro this year, which was kind of the defining mm. moment. Mm-hmm. And by the way, how did your exams go? Because you, you were off after the Giro, weren't you, to go and sit some exams? I we'll finish your hand in your dissertation, or I can't remember what it was, who you did. I, it was all the exams for the second uh, the second term, and actually I was sixth in the year. Were you? Which is, which is I'm pretty happy with post-Giro and the first year in French. You were so. sixth in the year? Yeah. Well, you get some sort of like GC of kind of like how well you're doing. More or less, yeah. In, in French <laughs> university, it's less... It's less about almost the, the podium, huh? Yeah, almost on the podium. <laughs> My first top ten of the year, actually. <laughs> so it went well. So that's, that's how I decided. I realised I'm doing better in in economics than in cycling. <laughs> Very yeah. good. So so are you done now with the, or have you got another year after after this? Year? I've got another two years. Another two years. Yeah, and that's actually quite a big part of the plan. Now it's obviously much more important than it was when I was yeah. um, planning on doing a few more years in cycling. Yeah. Um, so the plan. I'll move on to that. My plan is to to continue working. Um, for the for the degree and whatever qualifications would be useful after that, but mm-hmm. also find a, find a useful job that I can do kind of part time for seventy five percent or something that, yeah. that I can do alongside it and uh, get experience, learn what it's like to to do a full day work, mm. which sounds sounds magical. I don't know what, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Never done one. But <laughs> You're asking the wrong guys, or well, me neither. Um, <laughs> but uh, and you're getting married as well. I am, yeah, yeah. yeah next, uh, next October. This time next year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is uh, obviously fantastic. I can't. Well, it, yeah. it makes the it makes the the cycling stuff seem a little bit irrelevant yeah. sometimes because I'm so happy about that. What do you think your relationship with your bike will be going forward? Do you think you'll be able to find a kind of happy place with it? 
or will you forever associate it with kind of like going very deep and hurting yourself? I'd, I'd like to think I'll be able to find a happy place with it. I mean, my, well, my fiance Louise is, is a really good rider. She, um, she came, she was 24th woman in the Etape de Tour this year. What? Yeah. That's pretty good. I yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I think we'll, we'll enjoy riding together still. Um, it'll just be more of a mix. There'll be more running, more, more trekking in the mountains, more, more climbing as well. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so it'll be a bit more of that. And I think the, the rides will be more relaxed with a cafe stop and mm. without any guilt when I start riding easy. Mm. Just one, mm. one of the strange things is even when I'm told to do a rest day, I'm kind of mm. paying too much attention to, to, the, to the power I'm doing. And I can totally see that. Yeah. 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 And will you be a fan of the sport? Will you watch it? Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy to, to have taken this decision now rather than going to the bitter end because it means I am still in love with the sport and I do still enjoy watching all these races. So on Saturday, I'll be watching Lombardia. Mm. Um, <clears throat> obviously, it'll bring up some funny emotions every now and then, especially when it's not pouring rain and it's not really hard. Um, There'll I'll, be I'll, bits that you'll miss. There, yeah. there will be. Every now and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, today's huge for you really isn't it you know as you say all your all your life since you've been riding a bike has led to this point you know and you didn't see it coming and maybe it's happened earlier than you might have thought but this is your last your, your last race coming up today it is yeah um i i'm not exactly sure how i should feel about it i'm a little bit less emotional than i was expecting um even on the drive down here i actually so i did the same drive as when i went to the giro and on the way to the Giro, it was like the first time I realized this was this was happening. Yeah. Driving through the mountains, go through Mont Blanc and into the Italian side. Yeah. Um, but this time, and I was obviously really excited. I, I had so much kind of emotion going yeah. through these on these roads. But the other day, I didn't really feel feel that much. I just I was just listening to a podcast and just feeling normal. So it, it's mentally disengaged from it a, already. A little, yeah. yeah, uncoupling. I, yeah, I think the the um, realization I was stopping was much more important to me yeah. and although this is the last race it, it it's been it's been a month that i've been uh, that i've been waiting for this and almost counted down the days so it is it is the last one but it doesn't have as in, as much importance as i'd expect um in my head anyway I, it, it, yeah to other people it might seem differently but i know especially with the difficulty of the race yeah it's quite a testing finale isn't it yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going out on the same terms as uh Thibaut Pino, for example. <laughs> but um unfortunately today is one of those races where um it's a bit old school in, t in terms of the way it's, it's covered by television so in other words there will be no helicopters and live shots until maybe 100 kilometers to go so although it's quite a short race isn't it but the last couple of hours will be covered but the early part of the race won't be covered um but I am pretty confident that Charlie Kortsman is going to be attacking to try and get in the early break today. Uh, yeah, I'm going really all in for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's only one way around it, yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, get up the road, otherwise I'll do a TV attack uh, just before the climbs. Please, <laughs> please. Do I'll, I'll get on there and get, do the old uh, the famous sign-off uh, once I get caught from the breakaway. Uh, it will, it, I think there'll be a moment or two on the race, Charlie, where it'll actually sink in a bit what's happening and, and it will mean something to you, I suspect. It's quite possible. I, if not, it'll be when I, when I arrive home and I'm not uh, you know, normally at the end of the season you're tired, but you've also got half an eye on next year, next year's training. So you, yeah. you you think, okay, I've got four weeks to recover and do the stuff I don't normally do. Yeah. But this time I will get home and I go, well, you've got about sixty or seventy years to recover. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, <laughs> I can have a few more beers. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, um, I'll be watching out for you and hopefully calling your name at some point. And um, it's that strange thing, isn't it, when bike racing so odd, isn't it? Because at the end of the race today. I'll be doing my bits and pieces, and um, and and you'll be just kind of like ju jumping into a team car, probably coming back here. Is your car parked here? Uh, I've already dropped my car for the finish. You've so, dropped your car for so the finish. I'll just be, I'll you'll just be, be gone. That's just so mad, isn't it? Yeah. You won't even have a shower. You may have uh, a shower on the bus. The, sh the showers on the bus aren't working. <laughs> so you won't even have a shower. You just so jump in your own car I'll and drive home, and that's use it. Just a few a few baby wipes, and I'll be off. Yeah. <laughs> Glamour. And that's how bike careers come to an end. Good luck, Charlie. Thank you. Well, um, amid the gentle throb of a, a distant generator in the TV compound, um, the clattering of a bike race being assembled here at the finish line in Favia, the ripping there of the, of the race manual from Matt Stevens sitting alongside him, um, we've arrived at work for the first time, our, our little commentary team of, uh, of me and Matt, for the first time since the Giro d'Italia back in May, and um, we're essentially... We, in, in the office that we lived in for a month, aren't we? Sort of, I've got a real sense of yeah. deja vu and flashback. Yeah, June, July, August, September. So four months have passed, just over, since we're last in the booth. 
and this is the same booth I'm pretty sure of it oh definitely um, but you step into it and it feels as if yesterday we're in Rome it's yeah. almost like a, a going similar into a strange weather. T- TARDIS similar weather I'm in let's be honest I'm in well I'm in shorts there's no point in hiding it because there's probably going to be photos out there of me no shorts. point in being dishonest about no. it I don't think it's no. just you know nothing, nothing to lie about really there it's just true it's just true um and the leaves are starting to turn here. This is supposed to be the precursor to the race of the falling leaves, but not many leaves have fallen, really. Well, that's it's that's appropriate. They've got yeah. 48 hours to go, haven't they, before they really do need to start it's falling. It's late, though, Ned. I mean, do you think, do you think <laughs> they really have left it late? And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, but it does feel, it feels like we're still in August. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, we had a lovely little um, drive here. I went for a little potter this morning. It's, it does feel... It's just got a lovely feeling. I, I feel really happy. To be yeah. back in Italy uh, yeah. with yourself and yeah. and getting stuck into this race and um, we, this one eases ourselves into the big one on Saturday, doesn't it as well? Well, also it's something I mean, you know it's 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 not it's yeah, it's a lovely little race, Grand Prix. It's a strange race, isn't it? Because when you look down the list of um, previous winners, yeah. um, I haven't commentated on this race since I don't think I think 2016, 2017. I'll have to find out when he won. 2017, Fabio Aru won. Um, but but it's really interesting, isn't it? So Fabio Aru won this race in 2017, and I think it was. It was the it was the Italian time. national championships. Yeah. Um, but the year before that, Giacomo Nizzolo won. So that makes no sense, does it? Fabio Aru wins one year, Nizzolo wins another year. That tells you everything. You know, Nicole Brelli, Bernal in 2019, George Bennett won it in 2020, then Matt Walls won it in 2021. And uh, last year, kind of splitting the difference between a hard course and a sprint, Ivan Garcia Cortina won it. So it's a, it kind of shapeshifts this race, doesn't it? That seems to be the theme of a lot of these races. Milano Torino is a classic which shapeshifts exactly the same way, uh, either a pan flat sprinter's course or super super hilly. Um, so yeah, although in recent years that's kind of settled to be a sprint now, hasn't it? Yeah. Like, but so they've stopped finishing up the Superga, and, and it seems to have found its place as a kind of I, like. I, I guess so, but maybe that is the pattern for a lot of these autumnal races, even in Lombardia itself, yeah. with it, the way it flick flacks between Como and Bergamo um, I quite like that so you never really feel I quite like the fact you never know how the race is going to go you've got an idea and this one we were looking at the profile the, quite a nasty climb the penultimate climb is a nasty one is it 17% gradients 2 or 3k at 10% but no uh, it's it's a strange one but I like that I like the fact we're not too sure how the race is going to unfold and we're quite lucky because it's, it's a pretty stacked field isn't it Walt Van Aert he's got to be the favourite hasn't he he has and I think what he'll be channelling as well is, is the result of one of his uncles well uh, back yeah, in the Jos, Jos Van Aert his uncle uh, 61 years of age these days um, raced it was, wasn't known as Gran Piemonte back then it was known as Giro del Piemonte okay. and, um, but it was a similar one day race and he finished in 86th place in 1992 and I think Wout would be disappointed if he didn't go better than his uncle um, 31 years later I think that's going to be at the forefront of his mind state really isn't it I mean he's uh, obviously he's a, he's a big big player but, but when when things get familial you know puts an added bit of a different sort of pressure and do you know what we're going to see if he can really step up today because of that and I think we're going to be rooting for Charlie Courtman yeah you went to have a chat with him this morning didn't you yeah. and we, we you had him on on speakerphone didn't he yesterday and he sounded a bit melancholic but it's quite significant you know when you look at his passage through the ranks under 23 up there in the world wasn't he was he medalist in the world championship a few years back in the juniors or the under 23 I think he I'll, have to, I'll have to double check yeah, that. I think you might be right yeah um, obviously real talent yeah but, 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 yeah. with the trek for a couple of years yeah. and is now with uh, the Corotech team and this is his last ever professional race he's decided to, to jack it in and, and, and move on to something different and what was, what, how does it feel to chat to him this morning was it a little bit difficult or did you feel for him or what was it or was he quite content with his decision very <laughs> right okay he hasn't enjoyed yeah. I, he, I, he's not greatly enjoyed this year with Corotec which is a shame you know and um, it's quite interesting you know that, that Corotec are a team that haven't really sort of talked about next year's contracts with their riders and I think and it, like a lot of teams in a similar sort of place and standing as Corotec one of the reasons why that is delayed this year is because they're waiting to see the fallout from the from um, Sudal Quickstep collapsing because you might be able to pick up a big rider yeah. for not very much and that's their p- potential so I think it's having a big knock on effect with all those you know sort of like slightly smaller teams because they're thinking that they can throw a bit of money and get a bit of a superstar yeah definitely so, so when that's you, interesting well there's a few like you say um, well, well we'll have to see by the time this pod comes out we might actually know exactly well we might know when does this pod go out do you know 
I'm going to extend it. It's going to be like it's not going to be about just today. I'm going to go. I'm going to do a little more podding tomorrow because like we've got a day off. Autumnal pod. Yeah. With the, with the final monument. And if I remember, I'll, I'll try and press record for the last bit of commentary of this. So I'll you give you a know. nudge. Yeah. I might write it. Give Ned a nudge. Yeah. Uh, or what's G, N, A, N, N, Ganan. Ganan. Yeah, but yeah, but you'll look at that. Now he's literally writing it in his notes. Now Ganan. He's written Ganan, like that. But. Hold on. So, but you, you've been doing quite a lot of commentary for GCN, haven't you? And like the last race you did was the Tre Valle Varizini. <laughs> it was. Let me just turn back. And you look just looking at your notes yesterday, and you've you've written just beneath the profile and all your little notes say you've written the word diplomatic, and then there's a little arrow pointing at the profile, and you don't know why you've written really why you've written the word diplomatic. I'm, I'm not too sure. I I gave a bit of an explanation, but I'm really not too sure even if my own explanation is correct, uh, Ned. Um, I, I was I was commentating to Rob and. Rob Hatch. Uh, Rob Hatch, Rob Hatch, yeah, uh, on that particular race. And it's funny looking back through notes. Like, a lot of just numbers. When they're hefted, some of these I can't really read, they're indecipherable. It's when you first come on air and there's a lot of numbers on the page, it's when there isn't information on pro cycling stats or, or something like that. And then you suddenly get the first glimpse of the riders and you're jotting down the numbers. So that's, so there's a slight bit of chaos there, but I quite like looking. And, well, the Tour of Istanbul. Oh, look at this. Uh, Sultan Amlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bosphorus uh, Strait, uh, length of Black Sea. Come on, tell you on the Tour of Istanbul. So you explained yeah. to me, because this is a new race, the Tour of Istanbul, and probably won't happen next year. And the reason for that is, the reason for that is, it's to celebrate 100 years of the establishment of the modern Turkish Republic. So um, Atatürk was the first president of, of modern Turkey. A few years after um, he fought fought the Allies back out of the, after the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, he then regrouped and pushed out the Greeks and the Italians and the and the Allies and, and eventually, yeah, founded the, the modern Turkish state in 1923. It's it's amazing, isn't it? I know, I know we're I know we're go, going off, but it just shows you what gold lies within our folders. We're not going it? off. We're going on. 1923 is the biggest year in my life. Sorry, Ned. So yeah, that, yeah, that was a that's real. That was an unsubtle hint. No, I didn't pick up on it, and I'm sorry. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. And I, the only reason I became aware of that being the founding year of the Turkish state was when I went out to the tour of Antalya a couple of years ago with David. Um, there was a there was a cafe where I used to go and sit and do my prep every morning because it's called 1923. There you go. So there you go. There you go. Um, um, we're drifting off topic, aren't we? We are, but, it, uh, but so we're, we're going to be rooting for Charlie today. Rooting for Charlie and, and, and the coffee dish boys, aren't we? Because we yeah, because we stared at them while they were having their dinner last night from afar, didn't we? Yeah, we met, I met Harrison Wood. Well, you met Harrison Wood. Both met Harrison yeah. Wood at the same time simultaneously. I met Harrison Wood for the second time, as I've already explained in the podcast, but for an earlier bit. Like Record, but you don't you want to know that because I recorded it at my yeah. So yeah. this will be this this will come after that bit. Hopefully, yeah, that bit that you haven't heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it, what a lovely lad, uh, lovely and lad. quite keen. Um, um, they've got a good uh, they've got a good uh, good team here. Um, I did. What did you think of the, uh, the, the Hirada in the corridor? Hirada. Yeah. Uh, and he said it was quite an interesting one. We're in Italy. I'm English. He's Spanish. They're on a French team. Yeah. He said hello. I said bonjour. So we basically used the wrong languages. We're in Italy. Yeah. This seat. It was interesting, but I think he was pointed out. Well, I would. I don't know. He, he, I don't know. Doesn't know. He he said hello to you. He said hello. Yes. Well, that's not the wrong language because you're British. So he was bang on, but your reply bonjour was a bit misguided, wasn't it? Because yeah, we're panicked. in Italy. I panicked. And he's Spanish. And you just got you. But I don't think he knows who I am. But I think Simon Geschke pointed him out. Right. Pointed me out to him at dinner. Uh, yesterday, so I think that's how that worked. Well, but I you, got it wrong. You, so he got it wrong. There was a little flicker between you and Geshka, so wasn't hate, there? Like a little bit of a ha- hate, little oh, acknowledgement yeah. across the dining hall. And I would imagine the after the consequence of that might well have been Hirada might have nudged Geshka and gone, who's that? "Who's that, mate?" Yeah, who's that? Who's that? And, and then Geshka would have said, yeah, it's, uh, "I don't know." He just always waves at guy. Yeah, yeah. But that's the wrong accent. That's Belgian, <laughs> and he's German, um, but speaks French very well. Yeah. Um, no, but we, yeah, it's lovely to. Yeah. I, I like it when we end up. Surprising with teams, and they're a lovely bunch just knocking about. And, and our breakfast this morning wasn't particularly impressive. And they they had their own bits of music in that, but that's what they had to go on as well. They did. So I remember standing at the breakfast bar. We couldn't really call it a bar; it's a, it a table with a few more table with some yeah. cakes on it. Yeah. Uh, at, there was a bit, little bit of fruit, but the, what's, the what's eggs were disappointing. Yeah. Oh, did you have an egg? Massey I had. had the, an I egg. had the scrambled eggs. Massey opened up a boiled egg, bless him, yeah. and it was green inside. <sighs> So I hope Harrison Wood didn't have a, a mouldy egg. No, that would affect his um, performance at Grand Prix Monte. But he was. But he, it was. It was. It's interesting to see sometimes that you think about all these big super teams. They've got chefs and stuff. Not hit, Not on a smaller race like this. They're here and they get offered up a little bit of what they got from the supermarket, but basically what we had for dinner. So they're eating a commentators' breakfast, and we'll see how they go on that. 
a very quick pod update. Um, yep. uh, um, just had a, a message from Charlie Quarterman. It's about 40 minutes to the start of the race. Ooh, we've got a high-pitched tone as well going, if you can hear that in the background. It all adds to the kind of, like, frisson of a bike race is about to start. You can hear the tone coming through the... Yeah. Um, now, Charlie Quarterman just messaged me. What time does live TV coverage start? A TV attack only works if there is TV at the time. Well, you can type in 14.50 local time. 14.50 local time. I'll type that in. Right, Charlie. 14.50... Um, but don't attack till 14.55 because But don't <laughs> attack <laughs> Attack Because we've got to do the map and everything yeah. haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Until I'll take just I'll take 1500 yeah. 1500 You've got a map and a recap <laughs> yeah. I'll bring Matt in Matt will waffle on about something or other And then we'll go Yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, That's generally that, what's, that's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. So he'll be, yeah, but he'll be looking at his, his head, you know, his watch, and thinking, I'm ready to go now. Boff. Yeah. As soon as we come on air, there he is up the road. Or, or chassing patats. Or chassing patats. Come prima, più di prima, dame Per la vita, la mia vita ti darò. Sembra un sogno rivedere. Well, the race is well on the way. We haven't started uh, commentating yet, um, and they're about to come through the finish line. So we've actually um, just moved away slightly. I'm just recording this on my phone because it sounds slightly differently. Um, but I'm uh, going to watch them come through at Fivrea, um, standing right next to one of the Jaco Alula Swanyers, and opposite the lady uh, who runs the bakery, where I bought Matt a slice of pizza for lunch. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fine. Ogni istante dolcemente ti dirò dove prima Well they came through and there wasn't any Ineos rider there um, but it wasn't Filippo Ganna half an hour before we're going to get live pictures and start commentating um, I've come back inside the commentary having watched the race just go past um, and yeah everything everything's changed actually that original breakaway has somehow been caught that, that had Filippo Ganna in and instead 14 riders have got up the road all from different teams including Bob Jungels Harald Tejada Timon Adamsman of uh, Ineos Rui Costa Hugo Uhl Dries Devenens Michael Margo Matthews Margo Matthews and Davide Formolo among their numbers, so it's a really strong group, and um, so that's where we're at. Better do some telly now. Come prima, più di prima, tamero. Well, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Beautiful Piedmont, bathed in warm autumnal sunshine, is the backdrop for one of the most prestigious and unpredictable one-day races in the cycling calendar. A race that balances the fast men with the pure climbers' goals and asks questions of both. So for the 107th time in its history, it's time for Gran Piemonte. Alex Aramburu sweeping left-handed now and there's one more left-hander with about 300 metres to go. He looks round, he knows that Bagioli is on his wheel. Guillermo still there. An extraordinary position for the man from confidence to find himself in. And Mark Hirschi drops to the back. Hirschi now having to sprint to get onto the wheel of the Frenchman. Alex Buru, Alex Aramburu looking round, seeing Hirschi. Hirschi on the left-hand side of the road. Alex Aramburu now trying to get past uh, Bagioli, but Bagioli against Hirschi. It's tight on the line. The Italian takes it. Bagioli from Hirschi. Aaron Buru got that hopelessly wrong in the end. And Martin finishing in fourth place. And then from the bunch, Filippo Ganna has to settle for fifth place. A shake of the head. And Rui Costa and Gail Zimmerman in the minor placings as uh, the battle for, I think it's Fiorelli possibly crossing the line there inside the top ten. And Sudal Quickstep celebrate again they did it the other day in italy with elon von Wilda. they've done it again at gran piemonte andrea baggiori takes the win in stellar fashion
Pedroli, Marchirsi, Alex Aramburu, questo è il podio in Gran Piemonte 2023. And what I start, uh, there was no breakaway. We rode like maniacs for, for 75 kilometers, which was pretty much until the uh, bottom of the first climb, where we then rode easier for two minutes and then rode like maniacs again. Um, but I'm really happy because I, I finished. Whether they count that as being in the delay, in the, um, in the time limit or not, I don't really care. Uh, I made it round my last race and I was able to somewhat somewhat enjoy it and feel proud of the of the ride. So uh so here we are. <laughs> Just wanted to thank everyone for, for following me and uh for for supporting me over all these years and uh especially over this year with um, with the Giro and with the, with the podcast and with all these things. In the end I arrived on the bus, I said my said my goodbyes in a few minutes, uh, gave myself a little shower with a big bottle of water. Um and surprisingly, I didn't eat the uh, the cold plain rice that they had prepared for us in case uh, I might have to go and find something else to eat. But <laughs> now I'm done with all this uh, all this nonsense. I can I can do what I want. I'm free. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for, for following me this, and I'll see you around in the, in the normal I'm world. Ciao station got a ticket for my destination mm-hmm. on a tour of one night stands my suitcase and guitar in hand and every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one-night well far from being homeward bound i was in fact bound for the hotel diana um in a suburb of bergamo about seven Six, seven kilometres from the actual heart of the beautiful city of Bergamo, um, where Il Lombardia will finish on Saturday. Tonight it's Friday night, um, and I've, uh, I've had a, a, a day of working on various different things from, uh, from this hotel room, which uh, I'm just bedding down in for the second, for the second consecutive night, which is <laughs> about as uh, rudimentary as Italian bike race hotels get on this busy arterial road and it's basically a it's basically a hotel for truckers um so about five o'clock in the morning um the morning after Gran Piemonte um they started leaving their hotel rooms in the corridor outside me which is obviously tiled as is my room um and every single one of them who opened their door and shut their door created a kind of pressure air pressure sort of vacuum in the corridor that I thought was going to pop open my door got a flimsy sort of bedroom door at any minute um and then and then the road outside started to get incredibly noisy after that so I haven't had the best night's sleep um as I said had a load of work to do today um preparing for in Lombardia and doing other things on the road book which is gosh very close now to being finished and published for the sixth year in a row i can't quite believe it also news on this i think we can confirm fairly soon it's going to be the biggest ever road book and it might be it might be close to being a thousand pages long which is truly biblical so anyway more on that as i get it um but yeah, I spent I spent the afternoon mostly with my colleagues, with Jess and with uh, with Matt uh, as well when he joined us. Um, going up, we, we actually rented Jess and I rented some um, e-bikes, you know, like Boris bikes or whatever, like hire bikes, um, uh, and uh, scooted around the um, Citta Alta, the, uh, the the upper city, the old fortified city above Bergamo, the old part of it, above the newer city beneath. Um, over which the race will come tomorrow, as they did in the Giro for the Bergamo stage. Incredible. It's going to be incredibly dramatic. And my word, it's beautiful up there. It really is. Um, the, 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 the old fortifi- fortified uh, city of, of Bergamo, part of the Venetian Empire in the 15th and 16th centuries, that was basically one of the big European powers, um, 
and uh, their influence spread all the way across northern Italy, all the way through what we now consider to be, well, parts of, I think I'm right in saying Slovenia, but then definitely Croatia, and down that Dalmatian coast into into Montenegro, as far south as that, they, they built these fortified cities. So Venetian Empire is was not restricted to Venice. It was... Um, it was absolutely huge. And I, and, and I was also trying to explain to Matt and kind of got lost in the detail because I couldn't quite remember. But I remember reading a book recently about the Ottoman Empire and in particular the Battle of Lepanto, um, which took place on the 7th of October, 1571. Uh, so exactly, oh, I can't do the maths. But basically Lombardia is on the 7th of October. So same day. Um, in 1571, when the the Holy League, so a, co- a coalition of Catholic states arranged by the Pope, including Spain and uh, and the Venetian Empire, uh, went to war against the Ottomans, um, and uh, and and won it. Right? I think I, I think I want to say they won it. Um, and it was the last great big sea battle, and it was enormous, hundreds and hundreds of. Of, of, of ships. In fact, I'm looking at this: sixty-five thousand sailors um, involved on the on either side, and um, and yeah, both sides had over two hundred galleys, which were which were which were um, rowed by slaves. Absolutely incredible story um, of the Battle of Lepanto. Um, anyway, then we had dinner. Came back here. Um, had some more bits and pieces to do and tomorrow morning um, assuming I get some kind of sleep very early in the morning we're going to be on site because Lombardia starts local time around about 10 o'clock in the morning and is uh, we'll be doing entire coverage but listen to this road outside just this is relentless rather annoyingly it's just relented Race day, race day. We are. I'm here with Matt. Um, we're doing our as we traditionally have done throughout the Giro d'Italia. Find a cafe, yep. get our highlighters out. Your slightly bigger, um, uh, what do you call that? Size, Size notebook. Yeah. I've got quite. A, I've got quite. A, I've got quite a small one that I've brought to the um, autumn Italian yeah. races. Actually, just a little dinky one, just a mine smaller needs, size. Mine needs to be A4. I have to have A4 so I can put the start sheet on the left hand side. Um, but this is. Slightly, slightly cheaper book. Um, so cheap, in fact, that it's A4, but not quite A4. So I have to trim the edges of the start sheets. It's quite a lot of cutting and pasting. So yeah, but it's meditative work, isn't it? And I think while you're doing while you're doing the trimming, you know, you've got you're absorbing the information of the on the start. That's your Tour of Britain start sheet this there, isn't this it? Is the, we're looking well, at the Tewkesbury to Gloucester stage. One by. Um, um, it was the penultimate day, wasn't it? Who won that one? Oh, that's a bit. <laughs> Olaf Coy didn't win it again. No, was it? It wasn't. It wasn't Jumbo Visma, was it? Was it it wasn't another team. It wasn't Jumbo Visma. But I can't remember. I, I can't remember. <laughs> I have no idea. I've got no recollection. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, we're in the we're in the we're in the Cafe Falconi, which we identified. We parked up here. We're right in the heart of Old Bergamo, and we spotted on closed roads here. Um, by the way, incidentally, the reason we're not in our commentary booth is because there's been a little bit of minor. I wouldn't call it beef. But um, maybe what's what's not quite beef? Veal. Veal. Um, uh, yeah, young beef, yeah. developing beef. Veal. I don't really like eating it, to be honest with you. I'm not, a big, I'm not a big veal fan, but I'm, I'm not a vegetarian either. No, that's true. But this is metaphorical veal, so it's yes. not not quite beef. But it's it's a little bit of veal between um, RCS, the organisers of uh, in Lombardia, and the city, well, La Cita of Bergamo, the, the yeah. local authorities. They were compl- RCS were complaining last night that the um, that. Bergamo have only permitted the roads to be officially closed at I think 6.30 or 7 o'clock this morning. Wow. Um, now, bearing in mind, the race starts just after 10 o'clock in the morning and, and basically at the finish line in Bergamo, that's the nub of the broadcast operation. That's where everything has to be in place and so that's where we're going to be commentating from. That doesn't leave the TV riggers and all the guys who run the cables and actually make it all work and plug it all in very much time at all to actually lay the cables out, put all the things in place, put our commentary truck into place and then rig it for six international broadcast commentary teams that are going to be 
at the Lombardia. We don't know where they're coming from. We were trying to guess where they might be from. We reckon the Belge might be quite interested. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, we reckon Belgium, possibly the Keep, France will be there. Um, I'm wondering if there's going to be a Slovenian contingent, but I doubt it. I don't think they tend to send on site, no, do they? They tend no. to, yeah, do think, yeah. I'm just thinking, so we've got Ali, us and Alan and Alan, Alan yeah. Jett. Alan Jett, That's yeah, he, he did Grand Pierre Monte. He was paired with a different commentator, did you notice that? Yes. Francesco wasn't there, was he? Yeah, he looked a bit ill at ease. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't quite his normal Alan self, yeah. I noticed that. Uh, but hopefully that would change. His normal, his normal self was quite sprightly, chipper. Yeah. Bu- bubbly almost. Well, he did. He did photo. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, w- I would say um, some some fizzy water has been left on the side for a bit. So there's a few bubbles left. That sort of level of effervescence. <laughs> so subtle effervescence. Yeah. Um, but but within that, there's, there's it's got this cheeky this cheekiness that sometimes uh, sometimes pops out. Glint in his eye. Do you remember? Do you remember the Giro and the final time trial? The banana. Yes, the banana. That was in. Yeah. He just came up and gave and then you me a banana, a banana. Yeah, banana. and then pointed pointed at me to you, like indicating something, yeah. and then and then laughing off. and then laughing. He chuckled. I, I felt slightly. I don't know why. Slightly intimidated by that. Mm. It was a power. It was a flex. It was, it was a flex. It, it, it was a flex. <laughs> but then, and then photo bombed one of our photos once. So I was just taking a photo, and he kind of came in behind like that, and then just run off chuckling. So. Yeah. A, it's a long side. Lean, he's lean as well. He's lean, he's doing a lot of running, I think. Um, it, it's a long-running saga, isn't it? Our burgeoning relationship with Alessandra Pataki. We'll keep you updated as things progress. Yeah. Uh, uh, not just in, throughout this podcast, potentially, but in the years to come. I think it's it will be years. I'd, um, I'd love to go out for a meal with him. We nearly... <laughs> I don't know, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's different. No, <laughs> the conversation will be... Stilted at best. Stilted. There'll be lots of awkward silences, I think. But do you remember we nearly had lunch with him? We did nearly have lunch with and Alessandro Pataki. And then I think he said to his mates, let's not eat. Let's not eat. And then they went somewhere else. <laughs> that was in Torino, wasn't it? Yeah. No, not Torino. That was in the Giro. Yeah, oh, no, Sicilia. Overlooking yeah. that lovely view on that hot, hot day. No, that was, that was the first. No, it was the first stage of the Giro. Was it? Yeah. Blimey. Okay. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Down in um, Pescara. Was it, it was because that was yeah. before the weather turned because it was very pleasant yeah. you're right it was in Pescara and, yeah. and we unusually had time for lunch which we don't normally yeah. do it's normally just bits yeah. and bits and bobs from the supermarket isn't it yeah. which we still have to find by yeah. the way yeah. uh, and get yeah, we've got plenty to do so we can't this can't go on for too long but yeah just to say we identified sorry there's a very long window way of saying we identified the Cafe Falcone um, where, we're, where, we've, where we've gone for a coffee and just to do our notes and it's classy isn't it it's classy it really is classy and just looking at the fittings and fixtures um, and there's a proper marble top to the, to the bar area as well really well kept uh, optics um, a very well turned out waiter they were very polite quite lithe obviously nimble quick on his feet uh, but of interest to me is, is just the name of the cafe and also that the logo on the window we're looking at are from the reverse um, the cafe. You, you were quite drawn to the name, weren't you, Cafe Falcone? Because you, I think you said um, it looks classy, but it's just got a hint of mafia about it as well. Just, just, just enough mafia. Just, I wouldn't want to be associated with any more mafia than the name. Um, but I, weirdly, I was drawn to it. I just, just a slight sense of danger. Do you know what? Our Italian colleagues last night, you weren't, you weren't here at this point. They were telling me that the Bergamascans, or the people from Ber- Bergamo itself, the city, has a reputation of being a little bit elitist in the sense that this is the kind of heart's land of, if you like, northern Italian, I don't want to say supremacists, but that's kind of what I mean, like that kind of like, we're better than everybody else. You know, I mean, that's something that when you do speak to a lot, a lot, a lot, of, our, a lot of our friends and having been travelling to Italy for the best part of 25 years now, it's a constant theme, is the, nor- is the north-south divide. It is a thing. And I mean, there's a cl- clear wealth divide, absolutely. and you can see it within the infrastructure and stuff. Con- but then it breaks down in all sorts of other complex ways as well, yeah. because M- Massey, Massey tried to... We're going to go out for dinner after, after Lombardia, and he tried to phone up... Everything's quite booked out in Bergamo, and he tried to phone, phone up various different restaurants to, to make a book. He had this place he really wanted to go to, and he said he, he got on the phone to them, and as um, soon as they heard his accent, they just said, no, no, we're full, sorry. Yeah, because uh, he's from Rome. And he's got quite a strong accent. Yeah, it, it, it. I can't pick up on it as as much. I can pick up on French accents, but the Italian I can't pick up on the differences so much. But he's, it's like he's he's a Cockney Italian, isn't he? Yeah, it's kind of he's the best way to say it. He has got now. You come to think of it, yeah. 
it, it is quite specific, and and he did, looked a bit nonplussed. Poor old Davidy, um, and managed to managed to get us a table, but did use. Uh, we're from the Giro and then there was a pause and apparently they got us a table so. fantastic so we sorted so Lombardia yeah hours and hours and hours of commentary yeah all the hitters are here aren't they good loads six of, hours yeah. good six hours of commentary um, loads of climbing loads of climbing iconic oh. stuff it's th- this way around the course is obviously slightly different because the climb is coming in completely different order Gisalo is at the start um, the ascent of the Gisalo is, is the more shallower side as yeah. well um, but this the way the route pans out this time is this way when we do finish in Bergamo the climbs are longer and steadier so it's a different feel to the race rather than steeper um, but still as you say four and a half thousand meters of elevation reminiscent of an alpine stage or Dolomiti stage in the Giro or the Tour you know it's, it's going to uh, be a f- fireworks at the end isn't it last 5k when they get up on that um, call it aperto that we rode up and down yesterday yeah, yeah it's going to be uh, I rode it a few times myself you rode it as well and I think that extra little bit of knowledge in all seriousness you, you laugh but actually isn't it wonderful to be able to ride a key part of a, of a race like this? Which it's such stage. a good climb. I mean, it's amazing. And, and it's, it's flipping hard, isn't it? It's steeper than... I mean, they, they obviously romp up it. And you did as well, Ned, to be honest with you. I mean, hardly pedalling, sat down, and not a bead of sweat inside. <laughs> Genuinely, that's true. Yeah, I had an electric bike um, that was good fun. But... Uh, yeah, we need to... We need to... We need to... Are you, are you going to... Are we, are we, do you do tips on here? Yeah, why, I don't know. I don't know what we do on here. Uh, a prediction of two. Yeah. I mean, who do you think? Because it's... Well, I dre- I, I'll go with my dream. Last night I dreamt... It's quite, a, it's quite a humdrum dream, but I dreamt that I was having a chat with Simon Yates in the corridor. He had a copy of How I Won the Yellow Jumper with him. Quite an old one, actually, first edition, that he wanted me to sign, bless him, for his mum. Um, but I was chatting to him. Um, it was Simon Yates, quite clearly. He told me he was in good form. Um, and you know up for this um, it was Simon Yates at the right height the right kit and everything he didn't have the face of Simon Yates <laughs> just when you say that it's like was it Simon Yates or was it it was, was it just clearly just Simon Yates but, it was, but, it, but then he had someone else's face he had the face of a 46 year old man but I'll go with that I'll go with that I think that's an omen that Simon Yates will win um, it will win Lombardia do you know what, do you know what? I'm going to go slightly left field but not that left field but slightly to the left I'm going to go for Dickie Carapaz <laughs> Dickie Carapaz <laughs> they know a special rider when they see one and they're looking at one right now and from nowhere Pogaccia has found an extra kick he's inspired by what he's doing they're inspired by him the feeling is mutual the race is won today Pogaccia is hurtling away from the field Pogaccia has 500 metres to go when not even not even Eddie Merckx went before him Merckx won this race twice Tadej Pogacar is about to win it for the third time. And not only the third time, the third time in a row. His first race in 2023 was in Spain, the high-end Paraíso Interior. He won that. His last race of 2023 is in Italy. It's in Bergamo. He's won here before. He wins again. He coasts home. He grins from ear to ear. He's a rider like no other we have seen in the modern era. He is a grand champion and he is the winner of Lombardy for the third time in a row. Tade Pogaccia takes another bow. Yeah, uh, yeah, to win uh, the third time, third, third participation, third win. Second time here in Bergamo, uh, it's a dream to come solo and today it was uh, yeah, fantastic. I was enjoying the last the last few kilometers, uh, even if it was so, so painful, I was uh, yeah, enjoying it a lot and uh, third time to win Lombardy, it's, uh, it's incredible. Bara. Thank you. Well, this is the sound of a significant post-race hubbub. Um, yeah. We're actually, we're outside the Café Falcone where it all began this morning. Oh, yeah, it's, it's come full circle, almost like a wheel. Uh, quite, yeah, what a, what a day, Ned. What a race. What a day. What a life. As well as being by the Café Falcone, which is now closed, what, what am I leaning against? Um, the door jam of a, um, what brand of vehicle is this? No, I'm not with the team. No, uh, sorry, media, yeah. Casco. Casco, no, I haven't no. got it, no, no. No. You want my glasses? You can have my glasses. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't got any. We meet media. 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 Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just being asked for a 
to see if we could uh, give them a casket and we couldn't offer them. Offer. Do you remember me buying these glasses in a supermarket, the Giro? I've got three pairs. Yeah, I've still and got you, the red ones. He had red, white and blue. blue. And grey for the serious business, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, no, we're outside the UAE team bus aren't we? and you're leaning on the door jam of a UAE Grupo Sportivo, your uh, team car, effectively. Tade, you're leaning on Tade Pogaccia. I am, I'm, I'm leaning on Tade. Um, because that's the how accessible. What well, that's what I mean. Clearly, we've got we've got accreditation, but we've bluffed our way through. Yeah. There's an enormous throng. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, enormous. It's no, it's big. It, it's big. It's big. It's a, a great lot of people waiting to catch a glimpse of Tade here. And it's nice to be back after the difficult few years for reasons we don't need to go into. But you all know, we're but back to kind of spreading diseases yeah, amongst yeah. each other. Yeah, but now, nice. but now yeah. we're we're back. I mean, it, it is. It's it's the best sport, isn't it? You can get close up. And personal with the riders, and um, he's a real hero. But what, what a race! Three in a row, but um, and also it was as well as a first for Tadej Pogacar getting three in a row, and now elevating himself to the lofty heights of being up there with the greats, which he was already. We for the first time had a glass of wine for the podium ceremony as well. well it's quite well planned good. It. We planned it. We planned it. It was strategic. Quite early on this morning, at about nine o'clock this morning, even quarter to nine. We bought it from the Falcon. The from the Falcon. Just a half bottle, just a little bottle. It looked Dimmy. classy. It was, about, it was about 15 euros. So extrapolate that it? up. So it was a half bottle. So it would have been a 30 euro bottle of wine. It was beautiful. And we got the guy to uncork it and put the cork back in this morning. And I had it next to the commentary position. And I said to you, didn't I? We'll call the, we'll call the race over the line like that. And then in the interminable waits while we wait for the podium we'll pop it open and have a little taste we didn't expect it to be that good it was incredible no it took us both by surprise I had to mic off and just do that thing that Italians do with their hands there's yeah. an emoji for it isn't there yeah. where you touch the tips of all your fingers and your thumb and you do that with your wrists which normally means you're irritated but it on this good. occasion it, also, it can also mean that was good it was good sorry we're seeing an, almost an incident here uh, yeah. unfolding yeah but no um a great rate to wrap up the year. Yeah, uh, what it's been a good year, hasn't it? It's been great. There's been so many, so many yeah. stories that have been told. Yeah. Uh, many of which you've you've, re, you've uh, regaled people with on, on on the pod. But no, this is um, this is the bit I like about bike racing. I, I love I love commentating and travelling. But being amongst the people is where that's why we love it, isn't it? I mean, this is great, isn't it? It's why all are we here. Why are we waiting? I mean, well, because I've gone out. I'm because I'm going to have a word. Hopefully, I will be today about a, 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 a thing that I might be doing with him, and then later in the year. What well, are you going to be doing with him? Well, I, can, I can't announce it officially. Oh, you can't, you can't announce yeah, it. Yeah, but I think. Right. A thing with him and his press officer, so I kind of wanted to have a, a bit of FaceTime with him. Uh, Sounds big. So yeah, Sounds it's, like a it, big media thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it could be potentially it's huge. Quite, it's quite medium sized to huge. Wow. Watch this space. Watch all at Real Stevens media channels, and there are many. There Instagram being the principal one. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> what? I'm, well, sli- I'm not even slightly tipsy, but I'm heading in that direction. Just good wine. Yeah, by a quarter of a bottle of wine. Um, oh well. Uh, thanks for listening. That was it. That was Italy. That was Lombardia. I'm back here next week. I'll do another pod. Ciao. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.